Welcome to Reactive. My name is Henning Glattergertz, and I'm here with Khalil today. That is uh, right. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. How goes it? Good. How, how Excellent. goes you? How goes yourself? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm very good, actually. Um, we're not here. Well, Raquel's not here today. Oh, yeah. I can't. Did she say why? Does it matter? She's, uh, she, she's, she's, she's traveling. Busy. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's something going on where she's traveling. Okay. Um, yeah. And so she can't be here. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're still home, home with the uh, with the little one. I listened to the last episode, and you were, you were on your uh, paternity leave, or yeah, uh, yeah, paternity that, leave, and um, uh, it's soon gonna gonna be over. Yeah, next week I'm back to work. Next. Week. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Nice that you have the opportunity to do that, though. Yeah, it's it's great. I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're we're not as. Uh, advanced over here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so then do you have um much time to do anything else like in the in the techie techie sphere no um, no not no. at all i mean i think i'm thinking about things um and stuff but i don't really i don't really read a lot currently i'm on twitter sometimes i retweet something here or there but uh um yeah, and, so, and there's like bursts of things that I'm like. Sometimes I find something really interesting and I read it all uh, on mm. Twitter or something like that. But um, but that's about it. Other than that, I'm just constantly just constantly doing stuff and taking care of the baby. So we we still are doing like little optimizations in the flat as well as. So it's not it's it's not completely one hundred percent done yet so that's constantly going on and it's especially slow because we have to deal with because we have the we have a baby so you have to schedule around the most important mm, person exactly right and we're and we're trying to keep a really strict routine because that seems to Mm -hmm. be really really um beneficial for her like it's really she she calms down just for her for you for you too it's actually for us too that's true Yeah. yeah yeah yes um but it's really cool that to see that that how she gets comfortable in it, when you, when you really manage to you know give her food in the morning and 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 and, and lunch and dinner at the same time put her t- to bed at the same time and in the same way and stuff like that how she feels comfortable and and she cuz she knows it she knows yep. what's going on yep. it's so interesting it's very nice to yeah, see. Yeah, it, it is really is, and it, it's amazing that when you break that, especially when they're just a little bit older, where you have like more things to the routine, maybe where there's, you know, before we go to bed, we brush teeth or we read a book before that, and mm-hmm. oh, you better not change the order of those two things because mm-hmm. then that's like something is wrong, and yeah. and you will hear about it. So <laughs> it's to- it's totally true. It's amazing. Yeah. That when you stick to a to a rhythm, it's everything's much easier. You know what? This it reminds me of. Um, there was at one time in my life that I remember that I um, accidentally was in a similar situation where I, where I just was on a routine without planning it, and mm-hmm. uh, it was when I when I moved to uh, Friedberg, this little city in Germany, close to Frankfurt to uh to study um and so i went to to so i i moved into the into the dorm and 
in my room. I didn't have a computer yet. I didn't have internet. Didn't have a computer back then. There was no, there was no iPhone, Android, whatever. There, there was nothing mm-hmm. like that. Right. So, so I had no internet access or anything like that, and uh, didn't have a computer, and it freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but I I got over it um, pretty quickly, uh, and for I think like a week or so. I I just didn't have anything else to do but to go to sleep, wake up, go to school and come back, you know, have food, maybe sit with my roommates or whatever and then go back to sleep. And mm-hmm. it wasn't this routine where I would just go to sleep at 10 o'clock or something like that or 11 o'clock because there was just nothing else to do. Maybe read or something, right? But um, And then and it i i remember how good it felt it very quickly became very um second nature and felt really good and i felt just very rested all the time i felt you know just i woke up in the morning early no problem i walked to school like it was really it it was it was nice you know it felt good and as soon as i got my internet and the computer everything set up Then all that changed. Then I stayed up late, you know, doing stuff, or playing games or whatever. And then I felt shitty in the morning and it just stayed like that the rest yeah. of it. But I remember that brief time, you know, where I was in the strict routine by accident that felt well, really accident, good. But also kind of like not by choice, right? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not by choice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, that's exactly the same experience we had when we had the power outage from the hurricane, yes, right? it reminded so me of that too, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's 8 o'clock, the sun's down, <laughs> this <laughs> <Yeah>. is it. <laughs> right, go to sleep, <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah. And yes, we were rested mm-hmm. because we went up all night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What a concept. <sighs> what a concept. How hard it is to do with all our distractions. Oh my gosh, yes. Electricity mm-hmm. is the... Uh, the killer of all peace. No. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also they also had war without electricity, so I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no, a peace as in mental peace, not yeah, not it's as in peace. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, on 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 things going on over here with me is I'm uh, I've I've announced it sort of on the podcast in the past. We're hiring. We're actively hiring, so I'm doing doing this uh, this routine of um, reading lots of resumes and trying to figure out if this person or that person would be a good fit. And it is so hard to, because you know, I mean, this is sort of the. I mean, I've been doing it probably I don't know for several months now, or actually maybe close to a year, but now it's more intense again. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting to see pe- people's different styles of, you know, presenting themselves or representing their knowledge and, and things like that. And it's really difficult to, you know, figure out, you know, this is a yes, this is a no, and then move on to the next phase of, you know, setting up the interview and talking <clears throat> to them. So it's a, it's a, it's challenging and fascinating at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like um, you know, testing your your skills of um, I don't even know what. It's like but trying to figure out who. Nah, it's yeah, it's maybe testing your intuition a little bit. But this is something that is not impossible, right? You 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 can't figure out if they're a good no. fit. The only no. the, the 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 only way that 
it might be remotely possible is is in that way that the base camp guys do it right uh people do it because what they do is that they hire the candidate as a freelancer for i think a week Mm -hmm. um pay them and and they work with them for for this week right on Mm -hmm. a project that's really that's very close that's either a real project or or part of it or feature or something like that or some 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 made-up thing i don't know uh but they do work with him or, or her and it and i think that truly is the closest that you can get to finding out if you will be able to work with that person because that's the real test right it's like a short probation period if you will yep you know no i totally agree with that and and i find that fascinating and great but logistically i don't know how they pulled that off it's like if that person is not a freelancer or even if that person is a freelancer they have to take like a week's vacation somehow mm. so that can't be planned like from you know from today to tomorrow it's probably yeah. like several weeks or months out yeah i don't and know that, that's like i don't a know really if it's a long I, process like wow i don't know if it is um I don't know if it is mandatory that it really has to be consecutive, you okay. know, five days. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a mono. I, I think it can also be spread out and you can just keep your job and do it on the side or something. The thing is that it's it's more bearable because you get paid. You get paid a good rate, you know? Yeah, totally. So yeah. so in that case, it's not, it's not you don't really ask too much necessarily if both parties are interested in maybe getting together as uh, you know and then um i think with them that's possible because they many people want to work with with them mm-hmm. um and th- what they've been doing i think um i've read something in the past is that they also go into open source because they so if they hiring a rails developer that's when they're you know they've absolute luxury because Mm -hmm. they are the inventors of rails or dhhs and and then they just look into you know who is a great contributor to rails look at their code and stuff like that and and also they're still a very small company and i don't think they hire a lot of people so yeah uh, it's just like yeah they cut it down they can they're in a special they they get a very special position they get a lot of signals already mm-hmm. before they even decide to to do a, a trial they got a lot of signals if this person could be a fit because of yep. uh, they can see yeah they get a lot of insight because of this yep. ecosystem around them basically that they also created mm-hmm. so it's a whole different thing and uh, yeah. but if you hire so so is it an option for for you to because i think it really is a problem that you know in any other way i don't think that you can tell at all if that person is a fit maybe yeah, it's, ten, it's a, 10, it's a pretty nerve-wracking difference. yeah it's a nerve-wracking situation because okay so you here's like here's the problem right i'm, I'm looking for basically full stack developers or actually more like back-end developers that really are comfortable with um you know building processes that don't have uis in php basically in a modern mm-hmm. infrastructure with modern php but right. Um, there's also people applying that are .NET, right, and right. have not done anything in PHP, and I'm like, hmm, that's you know a problem. But then again, why? we've actually hired someone like that in the past, and that person's great. So but, I, like, but, but why do you think that that's a problem? This is something that I don't get because if you if you are if you are a great uh, .NET programmer, 
And I mean, maybe it's a problem because you can't tell if they're great, but if they're a great .NET pro programmer, they can easily be a great, great PHP programmer. No? Yes, but not maybe immediately. It's not, not, like, not well, like someone, someone yeah. like that comes in and knows all this stuff. It's like, I mean, it's similar to JavaScript. If you think about right. that, if you have a .NET person that you're hiring to do JavaScript slash node, I mean, there's a pretty big learning curve there for, you know, all the tool chain, yada, yada, all that stuff. That's sort of the things I'm <clears> thinking <throat> about. And maybe, maybe this is coming from a point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about my own, uh, you know, capacity to provide um, reasonable and good, like, training for that, right? right, right. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's all, it, it always depends. That, that's the thing, so. Yeah, it depends, um, yeah. But, yeah, so I look at these resumes, I'm like, eh, you know, so it's a, it's a difficult, uh, difficult thing to do. Yeah, because I, I, would, I would imagine that, that what would be very relevant, relevant would be uh, experience, maybe, you know? Like in the case of somebody not being a PHP programmer, pro programmer for your uh, position now, uh, if they are .NET or maybe what could what else could they be? Uh, Python maybe programmer or something like yeah. that. Like if they are something like that, and but come with like eight years experience or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. where they built similar things to what you need built in PHP. Exactly, then, that's then sort I, of what I'm looking for. Is like, have they done at least similar? Similar technology. It doesn't even have to be like web stuff. Like even if right. they're just doing like, you know, long running backend processes or right, right. you know, job queue kind of stuff. So they have like mm -hmm. general concepts they know about. And then for me, I think the most important thing, and this is the hardest thing to glean, is sort of their their aptitude, ability, or willingness to like learn new stuff. Like their hunger for learning new stuff. Because you know, there's people that they know what they know and they're okay with that, and they mm -hmm. don't really go too far out of their comfort zone but then there's others that are like they just you know oh i get to work on this new thing yes absolutely please mm -hmm. you know yeah so, yeah yeah that's it that's a yeah. yeah so that's it's a it's an interesting interesting task that's for sure well uh, well and how is it with the firing is 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 that something that you would have to do as well Yes, but luckily that's not not happened. So yeah, right. But but uh, but uh, if you're hiring, yes. But if you're hiring, and you, like, how many people do you, are you hiring? Just one? No, we're we're looking. We're still actively looking for a team lead on the back end, and then two more two more back end guys or full stack people. So right, right. So yeah. in that so in that case, so you got to hire three new people, and yep. and they have to be good. And they have to fit in into the company and stuff like that. So, I think so. This might sound really shitty, but I think that um, I'm not. Or let's say, let's say let's say like this: I'm not necessarily 100% convinced that it is a bad strategy to hire a little bit more quickly to basically test if it works out and then maybe fire quicker as well in order to, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it really depends on how, how it's done and how expectations are set up and stuff like that. But yeah, it, that's but, a, there's a good point, but there, and this is where uh, it's like, okay, you're asking people to maybe move, right. And then yeah, you offer maybe yeah. families that's and, terrible. You know, and it's a big change. It's either way you put it and whatever sure. financial support you give for relocation or anything like that or, you know, mm -hmm. 
doing moving from whatever job they're in now to a home office or something there's always a burden right it's a big change for for the family and you're like yeah and you're gonna <laughs> take that away again yeah i mean it's it's not the end of the world but still i mean these yeah. are people that have lives and stuff it's like you know i'm gonna be a and it's a huge monster. change if they move yeah that's a huge change yeah. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, that's that's really that's really difficult. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's a whole new challenge. What, what a what a challenge! It's really yeah. Cool. So I have to talk to Raquel a little bit more. She's got a lot of experience there. Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. But they also well, speaking, get a lot of uh, applications, right? Well, how oh, yes. do you do? How, do you get lots of uh, interesting applications, or is it difficult it's, to it's, find good people? How is it? I'd say I haven't come across a resume yet where I'm like, wow, yes, we need this person. Or mm -hmm. I want to talk to this person like in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, and I don't even know what that would look like. Right. And maybe that doesn't exist. Maybe that's just fantasy. Yeah. But um, it is basically from, uh, it's amazing the, the sort of um, uh, variance that you get from from you know people applying where it's somebody that's clearly like a hobbyist you know that's made some word wordpress sites and has actually a totally different job altogether that wants to be you know wants to get into basically full stack or backend development that hasn't really other than that wordpress is maybe php hasn't really like there's not a good like skill match between the job rec and mm -hmm. and what's on their resume, but they still apply and they try yeah. to like people with 20 years experience that have done assembler uh, assembly language and, and it's like crazy stuff. So okay. it's, it's all there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Huh. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of other new things, so what, what, um, the big, big new thing for me is, which is uh, really cool. Um, so I've been talking about this API gateway Kong for the longest time, and we actually got really close to really working on that. And then we, since it's been so long, we started looking again, and then we found another one that's called TYK, Tick, Tyke, I guess, which is really um, even nicer. It's it's a it's a Go app, and then um, we we sort of looked started looking into that and then this this the next project basically became came up on the horizon we did some you know the business did some um sort of prioritization stuff and it turns out we we're now going to build a uh, basically cart as a service you know the shopping cart as a service and and our the backend team is working on obviously the the API for that and as a result of looking into um how we're going to do this and what the requirements of it are, yeah, are. We basically came to the conclusion that we want to build this on AWS Lambda. And um, so basically building our API endpoints as node Lambda endpoints. Mm -hmm. uh, and that then talk to a, uh, as well, you know, another Amazon product is called DynamoDB. It's basically their NoSQL version of um database i guess mm -hmm. and um that is also so lambda i think i don't know if we've talked about it before but lambda is basically function as a service and uh you only pay for execution time and so you pay a fraction of a cent for you know whatever millisecond um mm -hmm. I, I don't even know what the the exact um ratios are and i don't think you'd actually even be able to figure out what you're going to pay until you actually have it running but it is extraordinarily 
like affordable if you think about what it's doing and that you're basically building a system on on an infrastructure that once while you're not using it you're not incurring cost which is like it's crazy and it's amazing because essentially you're getting a highly scalable you know secure infrastructure on AWS mm-hmm. and what I was getting at is basically because we're doing this, we are basically required to use AWS um, API gateway. So those other options are sort of out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we sort of ended up. Uh, we're doing sort of the Amazon API gateway, uh, Lambda, and DynamoDB, and then a few other backend processes. But what we've sort of, we're like in week two or almost the end of week two, and we're doing this with a team of three none of which have worked in any of this to any, you know, any depth really. Um, there's one guy, he has quite a bit of AWS experience. So he knows sort of the AWS stack and how their whole infrastructure works together and stuff. But, um, Lambda is new. DynamoDB is new. Um, you know, node is newish. Um, and so, Within less than than a week, we've we've accomplished an amazing amount of um, sort of progress. Where we we have a whole mock API up with uh, it's serving up um, mock documents, and we're very close to actually putting the you know the first endpoint live uh, in only two weeks. Hmm. And it just has blown me away how. I mean, if if we had done something like this five years ago or or more, I mean, you know, what would have you done, right? You would have gotten some sort of um, dedicated server or something. Um, mm-hmm. If this was before AWS and and built some sort of app by hand to serve up these endpoints that then talk to the database, and the thing would always be running and it wouldn't be scalable, and you'd have to deal with API security and all this other stuff. And here we just okay, we're going to use um, you know the the out of the box products for for this type of thing. Basically, use Visual Studio Code to write your your endpoint logic in Node, and then you have a <clears throat> a CLI essentially that helps you deploy everything into the cloud and into the to the endpoints. It automatically sort of um, generates the scaffolding for your endpoint documentation. So your API documentation, we we chose Swagger, and that's all generated, and um, it, it's pretty it's pretty slick. So hmm. you know, it's coincidentally, the .NET guy. <laughs> He's the one doing Node now. Um, he's basically implemented the first endpoint in less than two weeks, and it serves up JSON API formatted mm. uh, content. This mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Wow. So it's been really fun to see, and then the, the sort of the other like new experience, and it's kind of um, unsettling for me. But <laughs> it's like I'm not involved at the very low level anymore, and I don't understand everything down to the very, very bottom. You know, um, which is kind of uh, weird. Yeah, yeah, that's a change. Yeah, that's a change. Yeah. Indeed, loss so, of control. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, yeah, but I mean, in 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 you know, on the flip side, though, look at the the productivity. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we, you know, had a had a short period of. of putting together requirements and figuring out what we want to do. There was a bit of prototyping by the VP of engineering and then, you know, kickoff meeting, uh, detailed design docs and let's go. And wow. 
So pretty, pretty cool. This is so cool. And it really yeah. is uh, basically Amazon takes care of all the bullshit that, that everybody was just writing and rewriting, you know, like the infrastructure, like the HTTP layer and all this kind of crap that yeah. everybody was maintaining or writing themselves and suddenly, which is really ridiculous because everybody needed exactly the same thing. <laughs> yep. Know? Totally. I mean, you know, we were, we were considering doing, you know, certain stuff maybe in PHP, um, on on still hosting on AWS, but then you think about that, that makes no sense, right? <laughs> I mean you have a you have a a fairly small um J uh, Node.js um code base yeah. that handles the end that really only deals with the logic of taking parameters that are given to it by the gateway, figuring out what it needs to query, do a query to the to the database package it all up again and then give it back and everything before and after that is completely handled i mean it's like but but that, that's also not anything that's also pretty generic stuff actually yeah there must be something there must be something uh that can also i mean there must be a product coming soon from aws uh that just handles that too where you say okay i have this i have this database Well, I guess you need some kind of conventions. I don't know. Or you, or you can click something together and then it will get you the data how you want it in JSON, JSON uh, yeah. thing format uh, mm -hmm. back or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> something like that. Will but I mean, just the, the whole... The but whole yeah, but the, only the, the stuff that is not... Or as the, 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 the stuff that is the least amount of generic is the one that is the stuff that you write and that you have yeah. to provide. And then the rest yeah. is all just taken care of. You don't worry about load balancing, about security, about, um, you know, scaling. Yeah. yeah. So I what mean, is, that, how's that's this, huge. how's this, yeah, that's huge. How's the security uh, solved? What, how did, what makes so, it secure? So there's this, this product called the, the Amazon API gateway, and I'm not, not an expert in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially, It um, it makes use of all the uh, Amazon uh, security features. Um, you know, you can basically lock it down to what do they call it? Secure with security groups, etc. That basically dictates what can talk to what um, mm -hmm. and who's allowed in, etc. It sets it takes care of basically you know rate limiting. It it also handles authentication. It handles logging. Um, I mean, all that infrastructure stuff wow. is just you don't deal with, right? It's just you write literally of. the it's like the code in the controller. If you think of an MVC app or whatever, right. and everything else is done. Everything else is just done, and it's and it's done. Everybody in a way. needs all of that. Everybody yeah. always needs yeah. all of that. If you have an API, you always need that. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's done in a way that you probably couldn't do very easily on your own. If you think about, yeah. I mean, to me, the whole serverless thing. It didn't really make sense when I first heard about it, right? It's also like, a why? bad name for it because it's yeah. like there's no servers. <laughs> true, true. But it's like, why would you run a function as a service? Like, what can that do? Yeah. But basically, all it means is that you have a co code that sits in this whole infrastructure that is just a little piece of that. And everything around it is just 
um, you know, part of the, the greater infrastructure. And it still can talk to databases. It's not like it's limited in any way. Yeah. Um, it can, you know, make use of all sorts of resources. I mean, the whole, you know, Amazon notification system and job queues and all that kind of stuff still, I mean, you can build a whole freaking app together. <laughs> and and but the, the the crazy thing to me is and and this I think it's going to change things so dramatically is if you think about that you can you can tinker with this as an individual without like incurring a lot of cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can actually make use of this crazy infrastructure and you can play around with it uh, on your own mm -hmm. and you know hit it probably as hard as you can. Uh, with with whatever app you would build, and it's still not going to cost you more than a few dollars. It's probably right. still cheaper than if you had a hosted VPS, um, you know, that uh, you put a put a some sort of MySQL database or whatever on there, and write all this this other stuff yourself, right? So what? Um, so the okay. So but, uh, so you you're using it as a as an API, right? So you don't right. you don't have <clears throat> anything on AWS that renders the the website. No. Okay. No, That's I mean this is purely this pure no, this is purely um a backend service. It's basically right. the cart the cart API. It's okay, yeah, yeah. it's it's like a handful of endpoints that our front end talks to and which is completely separate. So we're building this out as a service for our front ends. Yes. yes. That then they they all talk to the same cart API which um, That's nice. You know, That's which nice. then makes it makes it easier to sort of Is that a revamping of that uh, cart? Or, yes, yeah. it's we're we're slowly moving to sort of a unified platform, and this is kind of the first step where we we can sort of you know learn about it, do sort of proof of concept, but get a big win out of out of it, and actually at the same time build something that will not be obsolete even if we move to different front end front ends. You know, mm -hmm. um, so all around, I mean, and just to come back to the whole serverless thing, I just if if you think about what that means, also from a, in in the greater sense, I think from infrastructure, you know, server utilization. I mean, there's so many servers, dedicated servers or VPS that's sitting out there, just you know, heating up the atmosphere and doing nothing, right? Yeah. And if you could, so many things could be consolidated into something like this, that is then a much better um, utilization. I mean, even if you think of it as such a simple thing as like energy, right? Yeah. It, it's utilizing hardware much better than if you put like things on dedicated boxes. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely, of course. And then scalability is like, holy cow, you know? It's, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's it really, to me, this is like, it didn't make sense. And then we started working on this, like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's really, it's really hard to understand what this whole function as a service is when you're here at the first time and people yeah. say, well, you can execute a function as a yeah. service. <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought, but I don't understand it. What am I going to do with that? Like, Add one and What should I together. write? What kind of like, function? Yeah. That's useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me for the longest time. And so I'm sort of like... That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm also starting to understand it uh, yeah. slowly. It's good. Yeah. Very cool stuff. It is. APIs everywhere, man. APIs, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're using JSON API. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been really interesting sort of to 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 explain to people that haven't been exposed to it to, you know, what the point of it is. Uh -huh. And um, I've had some interesting conversations. 
and and everybody gets so hung up on you know whatever the syntax of the document is when in in fact it's completely irrelevant right yeah. because <laughs> the bike shedding the famous bike shedding yeah That's it's exactly like you'll never see it ever again you're not going to read it and you're yeah, going to have your exactly. coke deal with it so it's yeah, like exactly. don't even have to look at it but yeah. uh Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's in the same vein of function as a service. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just think about less stuff. Exactly. And concentrate on the on the stuff that's really custom for you, for your. Precisely, problem. and that is yeah. where Amazon. I I don't know. I mean, most people don't know this. I mean, outside of our you know universe, I guess. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, the, the stuff they offer is is utterly insane. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Yeah, you build your entire app inside of Amazon. I mean, and Google obviously is the same. And um, yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of of these uh, popping up now, different yeah. kinds of backends and and functions as a service. And you can also do it with uh, with uh, Now from the mm -hmm. Zite people, yep. right? Because because you can instantly spin up a little. Um, node instance thingy, and you can just use the micro. NPM package, and then you have a then you have a microservice, a function yep. as a service. You know, yep. so it's a little bit more lo-fi, but uh, in principle, it's the same thing, and also comes with scaling and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's a bit scary, right? If you think about it, I mean, it was hard to sort of, I don't know, yeah, to let go of the notion of okay, I'm going to build everything, and it's going to be on my box or whatever you want to call it. And now we're sort of, we're way more in the, in the mode of, well, you know, let's actually use services that um, might sound like they cost a lot. And, you know, in, in the amount of dollars, if you look at it, it might seem that way. But if you think about, you know, what you're getting for it, I'm just thinking of, for example, Contentful, right? This headless uh, CMS That's API driven. <clears throat> This is a company that specializes in in that one thing, and they're really, really good at it, right? And th there's just no way you're going to build that that good on your own. At least, you know, it's also you, it's also an, it, ha it becomes a necessity because because yeah, it, 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 what it means is speed. Like if somebody has an idea, and if somebody You know, and it and and you know, Amazon has the security. I think the only downside with Amazon currently is that if if something if if, if there's a greater outage with Amazon, then uh, you know all your stuff is down. And uh, well, yeah, but you know that that would happen if you had it somewhere on a server in some data well. center too. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So you know, uh, but, look at the hurricanes the, 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 the that we downside, had. Yeah, yeah, but the downside with Amazon is I think this is half the internet is down. But but that yeah. I mean yeah. for you that doesn't matter because it's just yeah. you it's just your side. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's a necessity because um, the stuff that people have to build nowadays are way more complex than they were 10 years ago where it was fine to just do it on your server and then maybe buy five more servers if you needed to scale or something. Um, it's people people if you want to stay competitive and you want to um uh want to be able to to push out the features that you need to push out then 
you need to be able to, as much as possible, just concentrate on that stuff, on the features, and not on the infrastructure and the surrounding and the security and the logging and all this stuff. That should be, that is something that is... That it's a solved problem. It's a solved problem, exactly. And it's yeah. just it's just a time sink. It is such a time sink, like tooling infrastructure, logging, all this stuff. If you have to maintain it and build it yourself, it takes it takes like maybe 50% of the time Mm -hmm. that you need in order to build the the application or maybe more uh, and if you don't have to do that and if you are not concerned with you know NSA's things or something like that <laughs> this is this is, i think yeah. this is something that yeah. that that in germany you 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 see a lot and there's a lot of data security regulation going on mm -hmm. and like lots and lots of stuff and lots of companies find it very important to host it on their own servers or hosted in germany and all this stuff and um yeah and that maybe prevent you from 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 making use of these services but if you don't have that that problem and you you can just go and you're a startup or you're a bigger company that that um doesn't have this type of uh, mindset then you can you 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 can just have a immense speed in what you're doing and that's great because <clears throat> because before there was just uh, so much money was just thrown out of the window uh by people trying to build something and then it didn't work and then you know years and years of work was just thrown out of the window in this case you can build something very quickly and see if it works and build a little pro prototype that's already basically production ready Yep. Right, because all the stuff in order to make it production ready, like the main thing is security, really, and scalability. Right. Those two things already built in, so you can. And even, those are you were really hard if you built yeah. all that stuff yourself. Your proof of concept was nowhere near production ready, and that's a really good point, actually, because if you get it to work in in an environment like this, taking it over the finish line is not that hard. Yeah. Or as hard Basically as you clean up your code. Before. That's all you do. Like yeah. you just yeah. like, you, you make your code nice. Right? Yeah. You little refactoring in your in your controller code so to speak, but the rest like there's nothing else to do in order to make yeah. it a real app something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I wonder if like there's people out there listening to this now. It's like, "Oh, that's crazy, you know, you're exactly like you were saying about data security and all the stuff it's in the cloud and it's going to get stolen or whatever." And it's like I don't know if that's naive on my part to say, okay, you know, I, I feel I feel okay in Amazon's hands, and um, but to me, it's like if you don't have the resources in house that are absolute experts in web security, I somehow feel like, or I'm convinced that, you know, if I was to go with the Amazon Gateway product and I have someone that knows how to configure it. Um, that is still going to be better than my home baked solution because yeah. it's like it's That's battle tested. Idea. I mean, yeah. half the freaking internet runs on that stuff, right? They've not that they're without flaws and and you know don't make mistakes, but chances are you always want code that's had that's been exercised a lot, right? <laughs> and that stuff has definitely been exercised by quite a few people. So right. I I am you know. I guess there's skeptics and there's people that are, you know, paranoid about security. But I would, I think I would put something on, on, you know, an EC2 instance on, you know, some sort of RDS or Redshift instance any day before putting it on my own VPS where I'm like responsible for 
all that stuff. There's just there's no way. Yeah, because yeah. also the alternative to to host it yourself or have your own uh, um, uh, what's called Rechenzentrum. What's that in English? Uh, data center. The, your own data center or something like that. That's that's not more secure actually. Because no. if the NSA has the technology mm. that everybody thinks they have, then they can get everything. And um, and also and also if you if they if any government needs to look into your uh, into your database, they can just make that happen if they have to anyway. So the only way to be secure is not to be on the internet. So basically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Live off the grid. Do not carry a cell phone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, um, and I mean, some people are starting to do that, and that's also super interesting. Yeah. Um, it but, is, but yeah, for people who are already in the on the internet, it really doesn't make a big difference if you are on Amazon mm -hmm. or because you already have everything on Facebook anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much. And, and 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 if something's scary, then that's then that's Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes, indeed. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, super fascinating. I think that is um, also a very logical development. Um, mm -hmm. Something that I've I've been thinking about a, a long time. Also, is that anything that is pretty generic uh, will at some point be something that will just be generated, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so for instance, I think that nowadays it should. be, should be pretty hard to to get a well maybe i think it's still possible but it should be pretty hard to get a job for just being somebody who makes a simple website right something that you would get thousands and thousands of euros before um or years ago it's nowadays i mean I, it still happens with agencies and stuff like that because people are still very naive Uh, people who need websites often are still very naive and stuff, but, um, but I mean, there's great solutions to to just click a website together that looks really good, you know, yep. for eighty percent of the cases, you know, even for companies, like the most important thing is really that the people take care of the content that they want to put on the website, and that's that's actually one of the biggest challenges in. Uh, making websites for companies is to get the people who want you, the website to send you the content that is supposed yep. to be on the website. Exactly. And, and if people, if, if those companies would just concentrate on that and then have somebody who knows how to, you know, click a Squarespace website together, put that on there in a good way, then uh, they would basically spend nothing on the website, you know, yep. in company terms. And uh, and I think this is just gonna this at some point this is just gonna go away and 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 now with 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 this kind of stuff AWS infrastructure uh, functions as a service this is this is going to be ubiquitous at some point and like nobody is ever going like at some point I think in a few years people would will be not be able to imagine to build their own infrastructure for, for, and security layer and all the stuff, you know? Yeah. Yep. Is I this, think so. This is going to become something because, because that's how it's, that's really how it's supposed to be. That's why we're, I mean, that's what technology is for. That's what code is for. Like you automate the stuff mm -hmm. that's been done. That's, that's, that's that you need to do all the time. Right. Yep. That's, it gets automated and that's something that, exactly. I was I was getting upset about in in some companies that I've I've been working at that a lot of things every project every client project that we were doing 
we're repeating a lot of things just in a different way, just a slightly different way, because it was a different framework or a different language or uh, something like that. And that was irritating to me because like, why are we are, we're an IT company and, but we're not, but we're creating inefficiencies and losing <laughs> money because of it. Yeah. Like that is like working against ourselves. And that's, that's ridiculous. Like you're, if you, if you are already in this business, then you have to use the technology in the right way in order to create efficiencies in order to, create uh to also to make to create also higher margins and maybe also make better prices for your clients and stuff like that and and, and also keep the people at the company sane the developers so that they don't have to do yeah. the same thing every the single time thing, just yeah, slightly yeah. different you know yeah this is really ugh, a terrible phase that we were in there yeah. uh yeah i hope this is all going away but yeah <laughs> Your project is testament to the yes. fact that it is going on. <laughs> it is, yeah. Now we we just couldn't get it done fast enough if we didn't do that. I mean, and, and what yeah. I find so interesting is that 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 at the end of the day, the crucial code that you that you are writing at your company now, or that your developer is writing at your company, is JavaScript code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> I had said that we were going in that direction and uh -huh. it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I mean it is it's um it's been a really fun experience to see how how these guys have put this stuff together and how quickly they become <clears throat> you know, they feel at home in in NPM land basically. It's like, wow, you know, there's this and that and then we, you know, all these things <laughs> that we've discussed already it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many libraries, which one should I choose? And then, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I went through like the points that we had discussed and, and I, I happen to know certain people's names. I'm like, yep, that one's good. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Uh, it's been fun. Those, those, those people should listen to the podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're ready. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So uh, by the way, um, I saw on. the new logo and it's it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. The logo, the logo. We have a new logo. It's completely different. It's, it's uh, awesome. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not a hundred percent happy with how it looks on like a small icon, like on a, mm -hmm. a Twitter avatar or in the Slack chat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna think about how to. Um, make it work in that context as well. But for the for the cover and for the website, it looks good. And yeah, so basically, um, this was an idea. So I was trying to. So since forever, I've been. I was kind of trying to figure out how to how do we get to a better uh, cover artwork slash logo because I was not. So be, when we started the podcast, Raquel had the had the idea. To to take the vol volcano vo 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 sorry volcano metaphor for mm -hmm. reactive right yeah <clears throat> so what I did I I went to Unsplash I think back then and, and mm -hmm. typed in volcano and I, I found a cool lava picture and put that in the background of the website and put it on the cover and put a big R on it right it was just simple so we got started and since then I've been in the beginning, I was kind of okay with it, and then at some point, I was just like, "I, I can't, I can't with this logo anymore. I want something <laughs> else." And and I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, and thinking about maybe 
trying to get a designer to help us out. And there were some people in the Slack that that were saying they maybe would do something, but it didn't never really work work out. And um, and since the longest time, I all, I had this idea of a pong game as a, as a metaphor for for reactive, right? Because those two slides, they also have to react to the to the pong ball and, and right. stuff. It goes back and forth. And that's basically what we're doing on the podcast. We're just talking and we're throwing the ball back and forth and <laughs> and reacting to to things that are happening in tech and and and, and things that, you know, we, we uh stories we tell each other. So so that works for me and and, and I and I really love just this this kind of pixel arty kind of the thing. Simplicity you know? of it simplicity is really, also yeah. really good, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so so at some point I, I I just gave up trying to find somebody somebody else to do the logo and I just took a crack at it myself and I was kind of inspired by the logos from Relay FM which is a podcasting network and they have a very clear schema or a very clear like uh, for, so every cover of all the podcasts is layout it the same way. There's like a round type logo. There's a, a big circle at the top um, or in the middle of the cover. And then in that circle, there is something that symbolizes the subject of the podcast. And then there's the name underneath. And then there's a description underneath that name. And that's always the same. And it really, it works for them. It looks really good. And and uh, actually the, um, the founder of the podcasting network, uh, Mike Hurley, he he's he posted a picture of their relay conference kind of uh what was it they had, they made like a little meetup or something in San Francisco or something uh while WWDC was going on and um they had little cards ID cards or something for people who would come to the to the relay meetup and it was basically it was like a it was like a, a schema for that logo. So it was not a specific logo of a podcast. It was just like a something that 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 showed you the basic layout of the logo uh, of mm-hmm. of any cover uh, cover artwork artwork of the podcast mm-hmm. podcast podcast network. <laughs> sorry, and. Uh, and that was and that was kind of that triggered something for me. I really liked that, and I tried just to use that layout as well. And I I just put a, I made a very simple kind of lay um, sketch of a pong game and put reactive underneath in a nice font and and that was it. And it I liked I started liking it and I liked it and and then I and I posted it in the Slack chat or I think at first I. I, I showed it to you and Raquel, mm-hmm. and Raquel said that she would like she likes it, but she would like to have maybe see some color in it. Um, that's something that I tried, but it it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's something that I think I would need help uh, with to make color work with this thing because I'm not sure. But right now it's black and white. And then um, at some point um, I just posted it into the general chat in the reactive uh, Slack chat, and then there were a lot of positive reactions. And actually, um, Ollie, who is one of the listeners, um, he just took it and he made it more abstract. So he made mm-hmm. it a little bit more, he gave it a little bit, he made it simpler. He simplified it a little bit. 
And that was really cool. And that also, a lot of people responded really positively to that. And so basically, I ended, I ended up, uh, I took some more time and ended up just taking his version and putting Reactive under it. And that's now the, the new logo. And um, actually, Andre from the Slack chat, he, he, um, he made a CSS version that actually animates the Pong ball. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness! I have to. Uh, I gotta. That. I gotta show you that. That's really, really cool. Uh, I'm. I'm still. I can't. I think I can't really. In, I was like, my goal was to integrate that CSS animation into the website, but because we're using a service, the sim, yeah, Simplecast yeah. service, yeah. I can't. I can't put any custom HTML in there. I think uh -huh. because it's. I do. I would just need. I think it div two divs or something like that, and then just clap and then just push the uh, put the CSS that Andre made up there, and then it would work. But uh, the CSS I could add, but I don't think I can add any any um, HTML, which is a pity. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, I think we've uh, we've arrived at the end, and um, no, the logo absolutely works. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you achieved what you set out to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> and it's a great idea. I mean, that's it's really neat. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad it worked out in the end. It did. Yep. Okay, well, where can people uh, join us and follow us, etc.? Yes, etc. So uh, people can join the Slack chat um, uh, via the show notes. There is a link there to uh, become a Slack chat member, Reactive Slack chat, and um, they can reach us on Twitter at ReactivePod, and yeah, and uh, they can also leave a review if they like the podcast, which would be absolutely great. So we can get more listeners and start dominating the world. <laughs> exactly, and the. Uh The actual show notes you can find at reactive.audio. And well. I'm Henning Glattergutz, and my Twitter handle is hglattergutz. So. That's right. I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter, and Raquel is Rockbot on Twitter, and she's hopefully back next time. Yes. All right. Catch you next week, then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.